Hey everybody and welcome back to Serial Zombie Mom. Today's episode is going to be just a little bit different. I quickly want to address um, and just say I hope you guys thought it was as cute as I thought it was when my daughter jumped in and had to copy me and say see you on the next one for the last episode. So um, she had to be heard. Uh, she wanted everyone to hear her and say and say hello to everyone. So with that being said, I'm now going to jump into the next, um, this next concept here. Now, everybody's kind of dealt with some kind of spooky, supernatural, spooktastic something at some point in their life that's had them kind of question the afterlife, supernatural, you know, all of that. Um, if you haven't, it could just be that you're a skeptic. It could be that there's nothing that you quickly think of right off the bat. Um, but, you know, in sitting down just, you know, a week or so ago with my, um, my parents and, uh, my brother, um, you know, we started talking about, I started asking, what do you remember about some creepy things that you guys remember? What, what are some things that always kind of stuck with you? So, one of the biggest things was the house that, um, I lived in for the first let's say six months of my life. Um, there were, there was a lot, uh, revolving around that house. Now I just have a couple of little notes here. Um, this is not going to be a very long episode, but I just figured it would be kind of fun. Um, and then I'll go through a couple of the different things that I have, um, kind of experienced myself that, that really, and I'm not going to go into everything because I've experienced quite a few little things here and there, but I, I will go over, I will go over a few. Um, but there was a home, uh, in the Clifton area of town that was the parsonage to the Second Baptist Church. Eventually they wound up renting the house out then, or, or selling the house. And at one point my parents bought the house. Now, I don't, like I said, I only spent about six months there, but I'm going to go through like each person, my brother, my mom, and my dad, and some of the things that they remember. Now, my dad doesn't really remember a ton, just some kind of some weird feelings and some other little things that had happened, um, and information that he had gotten about the property, but it was just a, it was a strange little house. Now, I can pull that house up on Zillow or on Google Maps and I can look at it, but it's not going to, I'm not going to see very much of the house. Now, my brother, my oldest brother, unfortunately, passed away a little more than a year ago. And unfortunately, I, I don't have very many of his stories. I do know that he fought with night terrors horribly and his worst were in that home. He did have a few others after that, but the worst ones that he had, at least according to my grandmother, um, and, and in talking to him in the past, you know, years past, that his worst that he remembers anything about were in this little house. Now, my brother, Matt, uh, actually says that he remembers waking up some night, some nights, crawling to bed when he goes to bed the normal way, you know, head on your pillow, legs down, you know, in, under the, under the sheets. But he would remember waking up some mornings, not remembering tossing and turning in his bed, 
you know, and because and, a lot of times we do. We, we know when we've been tossing and turning. We just don't get a good night's sleep. But he would wake up upside down with his feet up on the wall. There were also incidents where he felt grabbing at his feet. So therefore, he would tuck his feet up a little bit more. Um, he said that there were times that he had seen skeletal figures throughout the home. And, you know, at that point he would go to my parents' room, um, to kind of get away from, from it all. He said there was just something about that bedroom. And he was never really 100% comfortable in that bedroom. He also said that there were times that he and my brother Josh would crawl underneath the porch. There was a crawl space under the porch and that they just had really eerie, creepy feelings under there that something wasn't right. We could kind of analyze and overanalyze and see, you know, I try and do, I tried to do some more research on the house and try and figure out, you know, some of the history on the house, but there was really nothing. There was a good chunk of time where there is no documentation. Because technically you can go back in, in property records and you can find out who owned the house, when, for how long, how much they bought it for, all of that. Well, there's a good chunk of years where that's missing. And during that is a time period where my parents had the house. Now, my mother says that she absolutely hated the basement. There was something about the basement that really just gave her the willies. She really, really didn't like it, so she was there as little as possible. She also said it was really strange in the shower, that she really didn't like being in there. Her showers were quick. She didn't want to be in there very long. Something about that bathroom. And then there was the back room. You'd go up the stairs, and at the end of the stairs, I believe this is how she said it, and she kind of tried to draw me a, a little doc, a diagram, but it didn't, um, there, it's not super detailed. <clears throat> but she said that it didn't matter how many times you cleaned up the dead flies at that window, but there would be tons. There wouldn't be flies throughout the house. But there would always be tons of dead flies at that window. So she would clean them up, sweep them up, wipe them up, whatever, and then go back a few hours later or the next day and there's tons of them there. And she said it just didn't make any sense as to why there were that many at that window. Now I've heard about this many, many times over the years and just how eerie it was and something was not right. Now, the basement also had a coal chute. So there was something about that basement that gave my mother the heebie-jeebies. Something she really did not like. Now, they also talked about the garage and how there was something really strange about the garage. And my brother said that he remembers some nights them pulling into the driveway and going to go home and him saying that he saw a figure of someone at night in the garage. Someone was in there. Someone was in that little building. And they would race 
to get up to the house because something scared them. Now, it could be a child's overactive imagination in the dark. You know, we can we can deduce that to that. You know, we can say, you know, it's just an overactive imagination. But sometimes when you go through a lot of these um, interviews and documentaries with children, children are, are a lot more sensitive to some of these things that are going on than adults. So if an adult feels it, you can almost guarantee that the children feel something as well. Now my dad, again, I said, you know, his, his stuff was pretty vague. But he said he really didn't like the basement, didn't care for the upper floor back room. You know, he mentioned the massive amounts of flies as well. And that the energy in the bathroom was just off. My dad's not one really to talk about energy in a room. But he brought that up himself and said the energy in that room was just off. Something he really didn't like. Something that always bothered him. He also mentioned that the neighbors were really, really strange as well. That there was something off about the neighbors. I didn't get a lot of detail and I tried to make a few little notes um, as they were talking, but I may have missed a little bit there, so I apologize. But then my mother and father started telling me about some of the strange goings-on. That apparently the family that had lived there before didn't live there very long. While being there, they were not in that home a year before my father got laid off at work. At that point, we moved in with my grandmother. Over the next few years, they know for sure there was a story about the, the family that moved in after them. They said that the next owners had, this, had a very similar scenario. They had had a child that had cancer and, you know, wasn't doing really well. And in less than a year, the dad got laid off just like my dad did. And this was a recurring thing between some of the people that lived in that home. Now, that's something that's always kind of bothered me a little bit. So, you know, that house, there's a lot of questions surrounding that house. And I wish my older brother, my oldest brother was around to answer some of these questions because he would probably remember more and have more insight. I know that the couple times that we did talk about that house, he changed the subject really quick. He didn't really want to talk about a lot of details in that house. That something was just not right. Now, with that being said, I'm just going to tell you guys a little couple of little stories about why some of these things um, always attract me. Why the spooky supernatural everything always kind of resonates with me. Now, over the years, I have been able to be kind of sensitive to, to some of these stories. And I do have a couple of others um, from other people in my family as well. Now, my stories... I When I got pregnant as a teenager, um, I was really freaked out at having to tell my parents. 
when it came down to me finding out, I had a couple of strange dreams telling me, you know, it was all going to wind up being okay. Um, but, you know, something just never really settled right with me. However, when I found out that I was having twins, I remember one night laying in bed and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't sleep. I mean, I'd never went to sleep. I truly never went to sleep. And one night, yes. So one night, um, I, like I said, I, I, I'm having a really hard time sleeping, but something started feeling really strange. I felt like somebody was watching me. I had been laying on one side, but when I turned and went to flip onto my back, right above my face was the face of an older man. This was a face I knew. This was my grandfather. The only problem was my grandfather died shortly after my brother Matt was born. And there is a four-year gap between him and my sister and another two years between my sister and I. So, he had been gone quite a few years. And I never got to meet him. Now, the strangest part about it was I had never heard his voice. But in that moment, even though his lips didn't move, I heard it in my head say... It's going to be okay. You guys are going to be fine. And I'm here. And that's always kind of stuck with me. And when I told my family about it, they were all like, ah, whatever, whatever. But I knew who it was. They were like, well, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't know. Well, I knew. I saw pictures all over the place of my grandfather. I knew that was my grandfather. And I had never seen. Now, the weirdest part about that Weirdest part about that is that ever since then, anytime there's a new baby in the house, my mother smells his Pall Mall cigarettes. And it's always in the living room, always near the front door, apparently kind of in the area where he sat. And it's always in that area. And it doesn't matter. And my mother's been saying it for years is that, you can smell that. And no one believed. And a, a friend of hers came over one day and she was like, ah, whatever, whatever. Until one day we were sitting there and she said, who's smoking? Well, no one in the home smoked at the time. No one. And my mom just turned and looked at her and said, we got a baby sitting right here. And that her friend's eyes, as big as they already were, went really wide. And she was like, oh my God, I didn't believe you till now. Now, my grandmother had seen quite a few little things. We always say that we're from a long line of witches because, because we are sensitive to these things. Now, my grandmother had actually seen uh, quite a few things as well. And a few months before she passed away, she started seeing and feeling my grandfather. Now, for years, two or three years before she passed away, she would be waking up at 333, 2.22, 444, anything with duplicates, 1111, um, you know, different, different times like that. And always knew that it was my grandfather saying something to her, like saying he was there. So she would start seeing him 
and even feeling him, hearing his voice. And then even as far as feeling him crawl into the bed next to her. She said even so much so that she could feel the weight of someone sit on the bed and the mattress move. And when she told me that, there was a little part of me saying, you know, that bothers me because I don't want her going anywhere anytime soon. So when, we got the, when I got the phone call that she was gone, it was a huge, huge shock to the system. However, then I look back at this and I'm like, you know what? The warning signs were there. She was starting to see this. Now, we also know that my father-in-law started to see, you know, his wife, my, my mother-in-law, for a few months before he passed away as well, seeing her walking up, up and down the hallways. That happened for a good six to nine months before he passed away. So I truly believe that when someone gets to that point, and even before my brother passed away, like he, he was overall what we thought healthy, but he even knew there was something telling him, I'm not going to be around for a long time. I'm not going to grow to old age. And he would tell people that. He told his girlfriend that. And he even made it a point, not long before he passed away, that people knew what they were supposed to get. So I truly believe that there are forces that are unseen that help us to get to know that this stuff is going to happen. Now, my grandmother even went as far as one night to tell me the story of um, her looking out her front door. I guess she was getting ready to lock up for the night. And she looked down at my parents' house. And that was their house. She wound up putting a mobile home in their backyard, which was at one time her backyard, so that she could be close to all of us um, and not have to live in an apartment or, or anything like that. But she said that, you know, she looks out the door, she's locking everything up, and she sees my dad sitting at the end of the table, look like he was either eating or, or you know reading something or whatever. But she said it was really late at night, like 1130 or something like that. So she asks him the next day, you know, what were you doing up so late sitting at the table? And he said, mom, I wasn't, I wasn't sitting there. <laughs> I wasn't at the table. Now it's unclear as to whether he was even home that night or or if he had gone to bed, but it was very clear that he was not sitting at that table. So the only thing we could figure was that she was seeing the spirit of my grandfather sitting at the end of that table with his back to her. What's really interesting is he died at the end of our kitchen counter with by from a heart attack which is in that same room we even go as far as leaving the light above the stove on every night kind of like a night light but it's just something we've always done since I was little bitty so it's not you know it's just something that's kind of normal for us almost like a little bit of a guiding light for him that yeah we know you're here and you know we're leaving this light on for you 
Now, there's even a story where my great-grandmother had seen something. My grandmother and my grandfather had stayed in a camper. They went to go visit um, for a vacation and, and visit the family. So they were sitting in a, like staying in a camper for a couple of days or however long they were there. Well, my grandmother would go inside and go to um, get water and, and start water for coffee for my grandfather. And she'd do that kind of early in the morning. Well, one morning, my great-grandmother says to her, Well, I saw you this morning in the kitchen, you know, getting water for Lewis's coffee. You know, I didn't know you had a, had a white um, nightgown like that, you know, but I, I saw you. And my grandmother said, No, because this morning I did not come in. This was the one morning I did not come in to get his coffee. We slept in. But someone was standing in there getting water. Now, the weird thing about that, though, is that that's a house that they had bought and stick-built themselves um, so many years prior. And so it must have been, it would have had to have been something on the property or it had been a house that, that they bought the frame of, if I remember correctly. That it was a house built somewhere, that some something happened and they were going to tear down the house. So he bought the frame for like a ridiculously cheap amount of money. And then all he had to do was put the walls up. So unless it was something attached to that home that was already attached, you know, and it came with. Um, but I found, I found that pretty, pretty interesting as well. So... Apparently, my mother said that shortly after my grandfather had passed away, my brother was only about three, three and a half, my oldest brother, Josh, and my mom was pulling him in the yard in a little bitty station wagon, or <laughs> station wagon, really, in a little bitty, um, like a radio flyer type wagon. And she said that she's standing there and this little, little black man comes up the road and starts talking to her and, you know, just asked for a glass of water. He was in overalls and a plaid shirt and, you know, had really watery eyes and just looked like he was exhausted. And it was a really hot day and, um, you know, so... My mom goes and grabs him a glass of water. And he drinks this glass of water, just chugs the whole thing down. And she said she can't remember if if she took or if he took the glass with him or what. But she stepped back in to the house to do something, just to grab something or put something down. And when she walked right back outside, the guy was gone. She said she looked up the road and down the road and he was nowhere. And there was no way that she was gone long enough for him to have been totally out of sight. So she walked outside and said, Joshy, where, where did that man go? Where did the little man go? And he said, who, the magic man? 
And she said, uh, yeah, the little man that had been here, the one we gave water. Who, the magic man? So, she still doesn't know whatever happened to that man. Except for the fact that he was not there and there was nowhere he could have been. Because she would have been able to see all the way up to the top of the road and all the way to the bottom of the road. So, another interesting one. Now, I've also had some other things. My my husband and I, when we were living in, in Asheville, um, had come home one night from being in Spartanburg with my family. And we were coming home. It was pretty late. It was dark. The kids were all asleep in the back seat. And it was just him and myself awake and, you know, watching, you know, as he was driving home. And about, I'd say, what would be considered a block from where our home was, we came around a bend. And that's when we saw her. And it was, it scared us both to death because it was this woman standing on the edge of the road. It was kind of hot and muggy out, but she was soaking wet and it had not been raining. But she was soaked and she was in what looked like a light pink t-shirt or, or short sleeved, um, outfit. So when we turned right back around, she wasn't there and I didn't see anything from the knees down. So I thought, well, maybe she was in tall, tall grass. But when we turned around, there was nothing there. Joe took me home. We got the kids inside and he turned right back around and drove down that road and said, there was no one there. He drove a little further down the road. He stopped right there and looked down the bank, like everything, and didn't see anything. Now, I've seen quite a few other little things here and there, whether things out of the corner of my eye or, um, you know, in passing. I've had little feelings. I've had some pretty interesting dreams that have always come true. Um, so it just makes me tell everybody to kind of think twice, you know, really kind of take stock in your dreams, take, take stock. Don't always count everything off as, ah, I didn't really see anything because you never know what it might be. Now, if you have any of these stories that you want to tell yourself, um, anything that's just been really strange, I'd love to share those. Email me at serialzombiemoms at gmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook. Um, either my personal one or in the group and, you know, or hit me up on Instagram and tell me you've got a story to tell me. Um, we'll, I'll reach out and, and we'll get these stories shared and I can do it anonymously. So, um, anyway, I thought that would be kind of fun, kind of interesting to kind of share some of these stories. And if I find any more, I'll come up with a part two for you guys. But anyway, hope you enjoyed the spooktastic. So, um, I'll see you on the next one.